he just kept making these loud comments during the film, being like, this is so fucking stupid. Don't walk out, asshole. They are introduced them to a mysterious... Mysteri- he also had this obscenely large amount of pubic hair, like all around it too, on well, his like it legs. Has to cover up, like <laughs> I know where the skin meets the the, uh, the plastic. It was still funny. I mean, yeah. it, it looked like uh, Daniel Day Lewis's beard in, in the early parts of <laughs> There Will Be Blood. Like it was like extensive. If the Infinity Wars ends with the Avengers jerking each other off, I've got to admit, I would actually like a Marvel movie. <laughs> it's just, just Captain America reaching for Robert Downey Jr.'s dong. Why didn't you pull the machines? Why didn't you call them? You didn't see what was going on? Well, there's no way to determine that. Yes, man. there is. An infallible way. They won. What's well, a casino? People got to win sometimes. Hey, what do you think? I'm a fucking idiot? Probability on one four-wheel machine is a million and a half to one. On three machines in a row, it's in the billions. It cannot happen. Would not happen. You fucking Momo, what's the matter with you? Maybe it was the love of the planets. Maybe it was just my growing dislike for this one. But for as long as I can remember, I have dreamed of going into space. Now that I've met you... Would you object to never seeing me again? The biggest regret of my life, I let my love go. That price on my head, was that dead or alive? Don't remember. See if he starts shooting. I don't ask you over for dinner and then suggest you give a lecture on the peoples of Mesoamerica or whatever your pre-Columbian shit is. This is my job. This is how I pay the fucking rent. The same gentleman that told me that you tried to get your broker's license also told me that you were a straight arrow. He ran a security check on me. Well... Sail on a boat fit for a Bond villain, sometimes you need to play the part, right? First of all, dude, you don't have an ex. Secondly, this is a fucking show dog with fucking papers. You can't board it, it gets upset. Its hair falls out. Walter. Fucking no. dog has fucking papers. Over the line! Huh? I'm sorry, Smokey, you were over the line this a foul. What happened? Did your, did your balls drop off? <laughs> Hey guys, welcome into episode 26 of Film Tank. On this episode, we're going to be discussing the very art housey film entitled The Overnight, uh, which uh, stars Adam Scott, Jason Schwartzman, Taylor Schilling, and Judith Golshrey, I believe is how you say her name. Um, she hasn't really been in that many American films, but you would know her from Stoker, if anyone has seen that, as she is in that. That's right. Yeah. I did not realize that. That's, but oh, she, she is in Stoker, and uh, she's been in a couple other films. But huh. those are the four main players in this film, which uh, is about Alex, Emily. Oh, those are two good names. That's my name with me and my wife. Yay. And their son, RJ, who moved to Los Angeles. And at a chance meeting in the park, they are introduced them to a mysterious mystery introduced to a mysterious new world there we go that's the mysterious one. new world that's the synopsis it's yeah no i'm like i'm not, I'm not making fun of you i'm just saying like wow that's a little uh, these imdb synopsis are not the best <laughs> they, went, they went to a, a, a party L-A. in san francisco it's not fucking narnia yeah no well, that's fine some people would be a new i mean there are things we'll get into that though the <laughs> film is directed by patrick bryce who's uh not done a lot um he did a film in 2014 called creep never heard of it yeah but but that's getting quite a lot of in fact a lot of people are uh, going 
going back to watch that and saying it's even better than this one because it kind of got unseen, you know, around the time of its release. So this film is actually doing his career uh, a service because people are going back to watch the film. That apparently it's quite good from what I hear. Okay. Good. Well, maybe we'll talk about that film another time down the road. But on, on this episode, we're going to uh, talk about the very short hour and 19 minute The Overnight. Hello. You new around here? We just um, moved here from Seattle. Well, welcome. Thank you. Wow. Max has really taken a shine to your boy. Tonight is our regular pizza night. We could turn it into a welcome the neighborhood get together. Huh. It could be fun. Whoa. Oh, wow. Hello. Welcome, hey. you friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having us Thank in your you. beautiful home. Glad we could be of service. Why don't we put the kids to bed upstairs and continue down here? Oh. Give me 20 minutes, and I will give you parental bliss. You guys smoke pot, right? No. Yum. What's this? Is that what I think it is? A butthole? 50 bucks if you can guess which one's mine. You take that thing, you own it. You're not just waxing your car here, man. You've got something special. You need to share it with the world. I think we've reached that point in the evening where we should leave before anything crazy happens. I'm so goddamn proud of you right now. Listen, I'm super fucked up right now. Stay here forever. This is California. Maybe this is what dinner parties are like. Who wants to start off? Because this is definitely a, a film that's not for everybody, and it is definitely has that um, sort of art house feel to it. I would say, in, in my opinion, yeah. and Nick, if you want to disagree with that, you can go right ahead. Uh, and actually, why don't you just start us off and uh, give your overall feelings on the film? Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really like this film. Uh, like, uh, like I mentioned, I'm sure before, a lot of the ingredients of this film is just right up my alley. Like, this is what it's not so much that i don't want every film to be like this but if you if you make it this way i'm gonna be entertained uh at the very least because i i am very very into like movies that are kind of shot in real time not literally but like you know that only take place over a night or uh movies that are all in one location because it's pretty much is set in the confines of their la home uh little things like that and just pretty much movies that just focus solely on the script like where it is just about characters interacting and if you're just watching a play, you know, being adapted to a film. Um, but besides that, it surprised me in ways that I didn't expect because I actually, I barely ever do this, but I did not watch the trailer for this movie before I saw it. So maybe that had something to do with it. But this did not go where I thought it would. And yet that it was all the better for it because yeah. every time I thought it would go, uh, and you know what, <clears throat> just to put this out there, but this movie is the kind of movie that starts off at point A, and the more it goes on, it slowly does turn into something uh, that 
it definitely didn't, uh, I would say, start as. And when it gets to point P, it's a much different beast. But it's, it's a very, I would say, satisfying journey for me to go on with these characters. And we'll probably get to the ending a little bit later. But in general thoughts, because if you haven't seen this movie, it's hard to talk about it because it is such a, I would say, unique experience to... Uh, it's one of those movies where I think it actually does benefit from not knowing much about it, because then you are in the mindset of his characters who are going through this completely unaware, uh, at least for a while, of what is happening around them and I know I was. where this night is headed and whatnot. At least the the, the you know Adam Scott and Taylor Schilling oh, yeah. character, where but as we find out, and I guess you know this is revealing more about the end of the film, which we're going to do anyways. But at the same time, you think Jason Schwartzman and uh, and his wife in the film are also on board with everything, where they're actually in the same boat. We don't really get revealed that until right. the end of the film. The, the biggest thing that this film does to its credit is that it sets up the couple of Schwartzman and his wife, and I'm going to be an asshole and not try to pronounce her name every time because I feel like I'm going to screw it up every time. Judith Godrich. Judith, what is it? I, I think it's... Let me see it. I think it's Gorish. I believe the D would be silent since it's a, it's a French okay. name. The D is silent. Yes, uh, I, I would think it is, but... <clears throat> We'll, 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 her, her name in the film is Charlotte, so yes. we'll, we could go with that, so, being America right here. Well, Charlotte's easier. What I love is that the film almost winks at the audience several times in the beginning of the film with that couple, because they're, like everything Jason Schwartzman character pretty much says in like the first 20 minutes of their dinner party, whatever you want to call it, is pretty much a, a double entendre and, and sexual innuendo and whatever, uh, but it's also fairly harmless. Like It's like y- you literally could just like like Adam Scott and uh, uh, Taylor Schilling's character, if you're in that situation, it's going to go over your head because that is not what you thought you signed, uh, signed up for. However, we're, when, when it does that winking, it starts to make you think that it's going to down a very, I would say, conventional road. And the fact that it actually was leading somewhere else entirely mm-hmm. um, and something that was basically less of a sitcom trope and more of an actually uh, an earnest exploration of uh, human sexuality and uh, some pretty poignant uh, themes with regards to like uh, self-insecurity and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, it just kind of floored me by the end of it. So okay. uh, th- those are my general thoughts. All right, Tucson, let's move on to you. I didn't know what to expect going into this film. Like, looking back on... Did the- you see the trailer before you watched it? I, was- I, I did see okay, the, I the trailer just once, just like just glanced at when you said that you, you guys were going to go see it tonight if I wanted to go. I was like, yeah, sure. I honestly didn't know what to expect out of it, whether it was going to be like a romantic comedy or something. But as I was watching it, I was like, is someone going to get murdered <laughs> by, the end, by the end of this movie? I do love... I mean, I, I never thought that was going to happen, but yeah. I do love that the first act, in my opinion, is, I would say, like, shot like a horror film. Yeah, I mean, is. when they go into, like, the child bedroom and it's and it's uh, lit by backlights and neon lights and they're playing, like, he's playing... I don't Sleepy know what, time. Yeah, like, you know, and he's literally, at one point, Jason Schwartzman's character almost, like, looks at the camera and just said, goodnight. Like, you know, in his <laughs> yeah. creepy little voice. Like, it's just... It, it is set up like a horror film, and that's also just kind of because that's that's what these characters are going to go through. I would say, like mentally. And- well, in Creep, the uh, the previous film was was a horror film, yes. horror comedy, so it, it kind of makes sense that that's the genre that's the director is great point. coming from. Yeah, no, he was able to infuse that type of atmosphere to a much more uh, dysfunctional but yet mundane uh, dinner party, uh, and and yeah, 
Yeah, and Taylor Schilling, Adam Scott, Jason Schwartzman, those are all people that I, I really enjoy their work, especially uh, Taylor Schilling on Orange is the New Black. So, of course, I wanted to sign up and go see it. And I was very surprised and very taken aback um, for multiple reasons, just by how earnest it was, by how very, very low-key it was. Like, I, I like that it was shot over the course of, like at least chronologically within the film, over the course of a night. And there are a lot of like really funny and a lot of what-the-fuck parts in it. And uh, out of the the entire experience, I just came out and was thinking, I was like, you know, that was a, that was a pretty okay film. It wasn't like... I, I don't think that all, across the board, all three of us had the as adverse of a reaction as yeah. some other people in the theater that we were with, but it was a really good film. Yeah, let's mention that real quick. Yeah, there fuck was a, that guy. There was a guy in the theater who felt the need to talk in a very loud voice basically during the entire film. From the and, very beginning. Yeah. It's not like he was like a 30 minutes in, oh, this is boring. It was just, I would never go There's the three of us, this guy, his significant other, we, we presume. Which and, we feel really sorry for. And some other person. So, well, thank you. And obviously, his girlfriend or wife had been the one who wanted to go see this. But this guy was being like by the book stereotypical asshole guy, yeah, and he just kept making these loud comments during the film, being like, "This is so fucking stupid." Then walk out, asshole. Yeah, but seriously, though, don't be yeah. that guy, listener. Don't be that person who who heckles in the middle of the theater, unless oh, we'll it's the find entire, you. And it's and the entire theater heckling. Since, since we're talking about this guy, uh, I'll mention a little bit about something in the finale, but not the whole, the whole thing. As we'll talk about more but uh this guy because there is a a moment where there is sexual and nudity and then um one of the children walks in on them doing this and the guy as we're walking in the parking lot is like yelling at his girlfriend being like how can they even allow that that's like child pornography i'm like well like they weren't actually naked when the kid walked right. in. Right. I mean, he doesn't so. obviously understand anything about editing. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, so like when you see the child in the frame and nothing else, it genuinely means, or generally yes. means that, that that child was not in the same room at the same time. Back in the day, he would have been one of the people who thought he was getting shot during the great train robbery. Yes. So. <laughs> no, no, the, the train's, train's coming right after me. <laughs> Honey duck. <laughs> so yeah, that's what happens if you're an asshole in a movie theater. We will talk about you on Film Tank. Well, and I mean, this guy was just begging to be made an example of. Yeah. So, so yeah, he uh, he he did not like this movie. <laughs> well, and and, uh, and as I mentioned earlier, I think if uh, a large part of the uh, standard film viewing, like people who went to go see Jurassic World, not saying that there aren't people who are you know that are this is not made for a yeah, main general audience. audience. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of what I mentioned earlier that this is a very not I wouldn't even say like art house necessarily. I guess that was probably the I was going to say like word. art house for me like signifies more like, it like has, the tree of life like things that are or more abstract. But it, but but at the same time though this is definitely a little bit of a higher concept yeah. than your average film. Yes, it has its sure. niche among like stripped down alternative yeah romantic comedy and it, it's definitely vibe. not a situation or a scenario we haven't seen before i mean we, when you have like you know this whole dinner party gone not even gone wrong because that's the other thing about this movie that i was really taken aback by is that um i i love the pacing of it i thought that the progression of this night made complete and total sense on a character level on a narrative level because i kept waiting to be taken out of the movie and kept i, I kept I, I kept expecting myself to arrive at a 
moment where I'd be like, well, why are the characters still there? But I, I never did because I thought it was so believable uh, for me personally uh, that they created this situation where these characters were making connections uh, either in spite of themselves or because of themselves. Like, you know, like there were there were jealousy, there were rivalries, and yet there was actual friendship forged. And it was just it was just a crazy night for these four people that were not. Ex- and I say by the end of the movie, all four of them were not expecting what would happen. You know, that is true. Uh, we'll get to that in just a few minutes. Yeah. But I'll start off by saying my overall thoughts on the film. Um, this is kind of the film that isn't really made for me. I, I kind of not necessarily that I, I loop this in, but this is for me uh, similar to kind of how I felt about other kind of cringe comedies, like something like last year's uh, Jenny Slate film, Obvious Child, where it's just not the comedy for me. I'm just not a huge fan of it. And, um, you know, in terms of a story though, this film had a much more unique story than a film like obvious child, where I was more on board with what this film was going for and what it was striving for. Um, even though I didn't think that the beats that were supposed to be funny, they didn't really land with me. I guess when I watch a movie like this, I, although I did find quite a bit, a bit of it funny, maybe because I just love Jason Schwartzman anytime he smirks. Like, he can mm-hmm. just do that, and I just think it's fucking hilarious because he's so good at it. Yeah. Uh, like, he can be an asshole without saying anything, and that actually does take talent. <laughs> um, but I think what I enjoyed most about this was that it was a cringe comedy with without relying on, in my opinion, like, cringe comedy moments. Because, okay. uh, once again, I guess if I'm talking about how, like, you know, this movie kind of zigged where I thought it would zag, that kind of thing. Think about, um, I guess I think I'm going to open the floodgates as far as talking about plot details. Fine. Think about the, um, I love that it took a, the most stereotypical and cliched, uh, metaphor for masculinity, which is dick size. And it actually, I thought, injected pathos into it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, when you get down to the, you know, the bottom of it, it is just about uh, insecurity and not being comfortable with yourself. But that they could take something as ridiculous as that, and I'm talking ridiculous because there are scenes where Jason Schwartzman and Adam Scott are dancing around with their prosthetic cocks just hanging out. Which the the prosthetic penises were obviously made to look fake. Oh, yeah, but they, it was... They were, they were hilarious. Hila- oh, my God. When I was cracking up, when you and just... You still, you still, you've told me how you've, like, laughed about it at oh, other yeah. points where you're just sitting there and start giggling about it's great. Jason Schwartzman's fake huge dick being put on Adam yeah, Scott's leg. Just the way he just like like very, very like nonchalantly walks up behind Adam Scott just to like touch his knee with it for like five seconds. Like just like like he's a giddy child. And not only that, but we by the end of the movie, there, I would say that moment has it's would, paid off. Yeah, paid off, but also is it, it, it's not just a silly throwaway joke. Either characters unable to deal at the time with certain uh, inadequacies or fears. It, was, it wasn't even the, the funniest part of the film because there was one part where we visibly like almost all three of us I think laughed out loud. It, it was right before they did their whole like strip tease dance or whatever oh, yeah. and you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? bring it up. Let's hear it. <laughs> I don't want to say it. I want Do you it, to man. say it. Okay. Well, you want me to say it? Okay, fine. Yeah. So, just to set up this scene, if you haven't <laughs> seen the film, um, Adam Scott's character has a small small penis, we'll yeah. say that. And Jason Schwartzman character has a very large penis. 
and look that big to me. Well, <laughs> anyways, Jason Schwartzman and his wife are skinny dipping, and uh, Adam Scott and Taylor Schilling are a little taken aback from this. Yep. And uh, obviously, Adam Scott, as it's uh, hit on earlier in the film as well, uh, is a little embarrassed and doesn't want to really, you know, tell people or show people anything. And he eventually comes out of his shell. And uh, it's funny because as this is happening, uh, the two ladies are away uh, having their own conversation, and Jason Schwartzman and Adam Scott are like having a bro moment. Moment, talking about dick size so then uh jason schwartzman almost becomes like a like a pa announcer he's like okay ladies okay get out your biggest towel you can find because your pussies are gonna be wet <laughs> oh god as adam scott comes running out and he like whips off the towel and he just got his little dick like and he's just like jumping up and down he's like yeah yeah he also had this obscenely large amount of pubic hair like all around it too on his like it legs has to cover up like <laughs> i know where the skin meets the the uh the plastic it was still funny i mean yeah. it, it looked like uh I mean, it looked like Daniel Day-Lewis's beard in, in the early parts of There Will Be Blood. Like, it was, like, extensive. Now, it's funny because what you're bringing up is probably what I love most about the movie. Not that joke specifically, yeah. but there are moments like that. And another moment that I also love, which um, – that I honestly – I want to see this movie again personally because I think what was funny the first time would actually be either poignant or maybe sad or whatever the second time around because when you realize how genuine certain characters are about yeah. uh, you know the relationships they're forming and whatnot. Like for example, I laughed hysterically just because I loved his delivery of um, of Jason Schwartzman like hugging Adam Scott in the hot tub, saying "I am so goddamn proud of you." Like because at that point in the movie, it's just like a really <laughs> over the top, ridiculous kind of reaction, and you think that at least I thought that, and I think it's pretty easy to think that that the movie is heading just towards like a very standard like oh let's all have a foursome thing, but once you know that. Um, the character of Jason Schwartzman uh, character is uh, is closeted homosexual and it does have genuine feelings for him like it's kind of like he wasn't putting on an act simply to get his way Um, I think he genuinely really did like him and that's what was coming out like he was like a child like developing a crush on somebody Um, I wanted to mention something uh, kind of going to your point Um, I I think it's interesting about this film and it was was a layer that uh, when we first walked out of the theater I didn't really even think about but as I thought about this film a little more since then uh it's definitely a layer that i think is is interesting and something that usually is is almost like an afterthought in films that it gets mentioned later but in this film it gets mentioned and kind of why things happen and but then as it as it goes on it, it becomes less and less prevalent where it's almost that these sort of things that are happening with these four people only happen because of drugs and alcohol early on in the film. But as the film progresses, they become less and less prevalent. And yes. I think that's a very interesting part of the film. Yes. As the, the their relationships progress, they, they don't really need that encouragement to uh, get involved with these activities. That is a very good point, actually, because I was I kept... Speaking of what I was saying earlier, as far as, like, I kept expecting to come up with more cliched ways to get them to stay there. Like, I mean, kind of like once uh, Adam Scott's character, like, pukes, you know, like, mm-hmm. all over the, the, the pool, uh, concrete, yeah. and whatnot. Like, that was almost like a turning point in the film, as far as, like, a purging of, like, what kept them there in the first place to a more serious, like, sobering, uh, you know, turn of events uh, in the second half. 
Well, and that also is prevalent in, in it almost is, it's like hitting you over the head with what I was just talking about as uh, the two women leave the house and give uh, the two men alone time as the, the uh, women go off and they say they're going on a whiskey run when definitely uh, <laughs> whiskey w- run. one of the, you know, one of the biggest detours. And it's funny too, because if you want to just talk about thematic things, this is very similar to the end of the film yeah. um, where the two women go off and uh, the, the, the French actress who uh, is, you know, saying they're going to uh, get alcohol. They go to a uh, a massage parlor, a seedy massage parlor at that, at like three in the morning. And uh, so Taylor Schilling just ends up in this room being like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is happening? That's when I thought someone was going to get murdered. Well, and she just looks through the hole in the wall that is given by the uh, the French girl taking off the the uh, the picture off the wall, and there's a hole in the wall. And all of a sudden, the woman who's the wife of Jason Schwartzman is uh, giving a man a hand job in the other room, and she looks at her, and they make eye contact. And I think it's funny that she like has a very serious look on her face, and all of a sudden she like gives like a big smile, and it's just <laughs> it, it was actually if if you really think about it, it was actually kind of a, like a very surreal scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was. the totally. lighting of that entire parlor with like david lynch neon you know shit going on and i kind of loved it but i think that's because that's uh, if you just look at the character's mindset like this was a surreal night for them because they never mm-hmm. in a million years thought that some of their biggest i would say like insecurities would be addressed and that they would get to a place of self-acceptance that they never even like thought possible beforehand but that scene too i think is not important necessarily for the story but it was important for me for for liking this film as a film even though the funny parts of the film didn't necessarily land with me because I'm not a, as I mentioned, I'm not a huge fan of the kind of comedy that this film was going for. But what that part of the film really accomplished for me is it was able to kind of show the women as able to, you know, do their own thing and have their own storyline where they weren't really dependent on the other characters in the film. And also that it really gave them their own part of the film and progressed the storyline as well, which which was really nice because I wasn't expecting that. Without becoming uh, like a battle of the sexist thing. You know, like the their their needs and wants are independent of the men, but not in any way inferior or superior or whatever. It, what's funny is we did an episode on uh, Trainwreck a few weeks ago. Yeah. And um, what was I going to say? In that movie, that was kind of a... I mentioned on that podcast that that was a movie that kind of like had the the main character conform and, you know, not be comfortable with herself. Therefore, because other people told them, yeah. uh, told her what she needed to do and what she need whatever. What I loved about this movie was that this had, I thought, a pretty empathetic, whatever you want to call it, uh, take on sexuality and human desire. And yeah. no, because when you look at the couple of Jason Schwartzman and his wife, uh, uh, played by Judith... Um, uh, her name's Charlotte in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte. And when they're... Um, what were they going to say? When, like, I think Taylor Schilling is having a conversation with Charlotte about their marriage and, like, how does it work? Like, it's it's never condescending because she just said, well, this is what works for us. And therefore, it's not, you know, it's not the same thing that's going to work for you and Adam Scott. And, and that's what I think they start to realize and kind of love about each other is that they, they are getting a whole different perspective. And it doesn't mean that they're like, oh, that's what I want. But they're starting to realize that there are more, you know, there are more than one way to skin a cat, basically. And yeah. that's also what, obviously, I think comes to help them accept and you know maybe change certain parts of their own uh, sexual lives and whatnot. Well, we've kind of danced around it a little bit as we we've mentioned uh, the characters, we've mentioned the story, and we mentioned kind of our favorite 
parts of the film, favorite comedy beats uh, a little bit. I'm sure there's more we can talk about too. But let's uh, let's go to the elephant in the room, which is the final scene. Uh, if you've seen this film, you know exactly what we're talking about. There's no way you can't. And I I just feel like the ending part of the scene, like this. If 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 a uh, if this kind of thing happened in a film that was very mainstream, it would have a very large reaction to oh, it. Oh yeah, I mean Where this film that really flew under the radar. It hasn't gotten any attention because people haven't seen it. But I, I feel like the the very interesting ending to this film, and it really bumped up my feelings for the film because it changed my outlook on the entire film. And not necessarily because we find out about Jason Schwartzman being a, a closeted homosexual, but we find out almost about the ending scene um, where sexuality is almost given like this thing that the, these roles that we have specified to it as a, a species since really the beginning of time from everything that we've been taught, at least in the modern world, gender that, that gender really should not necessarily be as a big of a factor. deal. Well, well, yeah, but but we shouldn't necessarily have to conform to that just because the opposite sex is able to have children because we, right. we you, you need our parts to have, go with women parts. What's yeah? And I, I was just going to say that the the ending of this film was it. It it was it was surprising, but at the same time, it really when it ha- after it happened, like it was surprising, like at the very first moment when it happened. But when I like thought about it more, it really actually made a lot of sense. Everything about that idea was one of those like in a way you're going through. I would think with the character they're going, which is you did not think that yeah. this would be happening. Well, that's kind of what earlier. I'm saying. Like yeah. the surprise part of it, like I was just like, wow, right? But it's also what you've been basically thinking about the entire time. Which we should probably actually mention what we're referencing right now if you haven't seen it. But Basically an orgy. I mean, it's all four people. I mean, one after the other. It's not quite like a bacchanalia. But the orgy, <laughs> the or- orgy starts with the two men, like right. actually, like making out, kissing, kissing, and then it's uh, Adam Scott starts giving a hand job to Jason Schwartzman's character, and it, it is. You know, we've talked about this movie having a lot of comedy in it, yep. um, and also having kind of a, like a playful tone to it. It was a very serious moment, yes. and it, it felt like it, and yep. it's it, very genuine. It, very, it was that, very. That Great word for it. Yeah. Good, and I and yeah. I, I, it was just a scene that I was. It was one of those film scenes that you, you look back on, thinking this is actually like a part of what maybe like a you know a film that you can look back on and say, man, that is a that is a great part of a film. Even if this isn't a great film to me, yeah. that was a great part of a film. The fact that they didn't succumb to like you know turning it into like a cheap joke yeah and that they took this because that was the thing with that throughout the whole movie the the movie kept taking things that could have been cheap jokes like the dick jokes which were funny whatever but by the time you reach this ending it's you know you can't t- you, there's no more fun to be had you're either you know going through with this or it's going to be a i would say it's going to be the opposite it's only going to get worse from there like you know they would either start to hate each other which i never would have thought that that movie was setting up because they were just kind of forging too many connections and whatnot but the whole ending of of adam scott and jason schwartman starting and then the, the women joining in what i loved about that was that like i said earlier it's not a cheap joke but it's also not i would say 
uh, overtly titillating. It is sexual in nature because of what you know the characters are doing, and uh, but like a lot of the action is kind of off-screen, literally, because then it would be a hardcore yeah porno. <laughs> but that actually fits the aesthetic of it all, which is that none of this is. I would say it's not like. Uh, what I, it's hard to explain what I'm trying to say, but I think one way to explain it would be to say, it's not like at any point during this scene I started to think that Adam Scott was a closeted homosexual either. Like, that's what I love, that the film didn't have to come out and make sure that we understood what was happening. We just kind of figured it out as it went along, which is these four people were starting to give in, A, to their baser impulses, and B, tried to, like... I would say serve their friends and and kind of fill. Since uh, I think the whole Adam Scott and Jason Schwartzman uh, starting it is actually a pretty great payoff to what Jason Schwartzman has been doing for Adam Scott's character the entire movie, which is helping him feel more secure with his own problem. And so I actually thought it was more of like like a genuinely touching friendship moment. Um, and yet that's the kind of thing we don't see uh, portrayed uh, in sexuality in cinema these days. And know? and to uh uh, this film, and I know Nick, you you did not really get involved with the promotional material of this film, which is you know that that's a thing that I wish I could do with films, but I can't because I'm I'm too interested in seeing what uh, the the studio puts out there. But you know, th- this film was sold to the audience to be this thing where they're going to eventually end up at an orgy, which they which they actually do, which which but it, it's a different kind of orgy than you would be expecting, exactly. and that was that was something. This isn't like you know Archie Bunker and Edith. At the swingers party and like, oh Archie, we gotta get out of here. Did that you know, really like, happen? Yeah, that was, an, that was one of the most famous episodes of the show. It's very funny. It's not an orgy, but they didn't. Yeah, it's a I mean, swingers but, party. Yeah, it's a very common sitcom trope. Okay. Know? Yeah, we're a couple like that. Somebody show did it with Red and Kitty, but anyway, but it's not like a oh well. Uh, now that I figured it out, we're uh, we left the oven on. <laughs> you know, yeah. like whatever. It's like, the fact that this movie not only committed to it, but uh, just completely earned it. By by the end of it, was just I thought fantastic. The softer, kinder orgy. <laughs> yeah. So and and also too, uh, we mentioned earlier that the the kids do end up walking in and, yes. and spoiling the uh, the orgy. Is it before it becomes a full on sex orgy? <laughs> as they're just getting started, the kids come in. As it's now the morning. And I, I think that really served two purposes because it was kind of funny for people in the theater and people watching the film, especially the first time, be like, oh, that's that's funny. It, that's- it takes you as, I think, it takes you by surprise just as much as the orgy starting takes you by surprise. But at the same time, though, it really does sort of hammer home a lot of messages which this film has, which is that even though like yeah, they are trying to go back to like their instinct as a human being, uh, of of you know dealing with their children and always you know caring about their children and being with their opposite sex spouse um you know that still gets in the way even yeah. if you were able to you know get past that and push through that and just you know do what you would want to do right it's it's i bet i completely agree that it's like it's when you're at that stage of your life and you have other human beings depending on you then there's less time to focus on self-improvement or like self-fulfillment in, mm-hmm. in a way that it can be comical obviously like when they're when they're barging in but also just in the general sense just extremely sobering you know like the minute you go down your own rabbit hole 
there's going to be a, you know another ch- uh, person to well, pull you right out. And all of the uh, people involved in that scene, not including Jason Schwartzman, yeah. who actually is the one who like runs the children off to get them out of the room and let the other people get their clothes back on, they almost fall right back into you know what they believe of themselves, where they're like, oh my god, what the fuck are we doing? Let's get our clothes back on and get out of here. But that's, I think, probably, it's like the it's almost like the only way the movie could have ended, yeah. too, because what it, what it says is, is that their problems are not solved, but now that they've actually admitted it to themselves and to everybody in that room, and that another person is aware of it, like kind of like they can't go back now, so therefore, and because we see in the scene after that, um, I believe, did they say... Uh, Charlotte and Jason Schwartz and the character are going to counsel. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're in counsel. But like, yes. you know, it's kind of like that, that, that this, these kind of problems do need to be addressed because you can't just keep, you know, bottling it up and whatnot. So if anything, it ended up being a great night for all four of them. A revelatory two, night. What about you two, Sonny? You've been a, been a little silent here the last uh, few minutes. Let's get some quick feelings before we go to ratings from you. I thought that it was just a really well-put-together film. I thought that it came with a lot of surprises in it. I think that you guys pretty much touched, touched on, like... The, the 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 orgy scene at the end, I was obviously very much taken aback by that, but it was a very genuine and very human scene. It, was, it wasn't like... I, I, I don't know how to... It, it's not something that I that this is not a movie that I would show like an eight year old no. obvi- obviously well, probably, but it, probably not. But it didn't come it didn't come off as overtly lewd or anything or no. or, or pornographic. I think at all. that's what I yeah as, refer, as far as like it's not titillating. But there are other parts of the film like when um, Charlotte just rips her bathing suit yeah. bottoms off and all of a sudden it's just like oh there's your bush right and that's the kind of thing and if what you were saying earlier about how the the progression of the evening is kind of different whether it's like they're under the influence of alcohol and stuff like that that's also like if you just look at sex and whether it's sexual tension that does change throughout mm-hmm. the evening too because like you said yeah like the, toward the beginning of the evening she just rips off her you know panties uh, to jump in the pool or whatever and yet by the like, when you look at that uh, the orgy scene like there a lot of those movements are very slow and fluid. reserved, almost. Yeah. yeah, like with hesitation because now they're actually emotionally vulnerable, not simply because they're naked, but because they just unleashed everything that they've ever hated about themselves and wanted to change. There right. is a scene too because uh, Taylor Schilling's character feels that her and Adam Scott are not communicating very well throughout the night, which yeah. is, a, is is not, not I wouldn't say even like a stereotypical thing of uh, people to say, but but kind of goes upon the same. Trend that we've seen in films of males and females not being able to communicate well together sometimes, especially if they're couples or even married. But uh, there was a really subtle... Kind of, you know, if you if you like, did you maybe wouldn't even catch it if you weren't really watching. But I didn't first time, so I'm sure a lot, a lot of people, other people did too. But where Adam Scott is, you know, starting to give the hand job to Jason Schwartzman's character, and he just kind of gives this like really subtle look to Taylor Schilling, his wife. Her name is Emily, and he gives a very like slow like like head bob up and down, and she looks back and just kind of gives that same like head bob, like okay, we're going here and we're on the same page even and we're doing this before that when um when they're kissing uh jake swerman adam scott before he takes him to the bed i kind of love that because that was him communicating to his wife he looks at her and she nods like yes you can keep yeah. going with you know whatever and that that was almost more surprising than the orgy itself because once the shock wears off it was kind of like oh you know like this is 
exactly what they were trying to address, and this is actually like they're putting their own needs aside and yet also getting their needs addressed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I just thought it was great. So, do you guys want to go to ratings? Or sure. Okay. So, so. let's uh, let's start with you, Nick, as you started us off. Let's hear it. I, if you haven't, you know, if you can't already tell, I, I loved it. I pretty much, I don't think it's perfect or anything like that, but for what it was, I just enjoyed every minute of it, and especially uh, where this journey ended up, I thought was fantastic, and one of the just kind of most rewarding movies I've seen uh, all year. Uh, but I, you know, I have, I've already said everything I love about it, so I, I would just say that I'd give this four out of five stars because I genuinely enjoyed uh, both the uh, the surface level stuff as far as just the comedy itself. I did actually dig because that's my brand of comedy. Yeah. Uh, but also just what you can really, I think, unpack from this movie is what it says about gender, what it says about uh, marital relations. Yeah. What it says most explicitly uh, about sexuality, which I just have not seen in a movie like this uh, in quite some time. So I really, really dug it, and I definitely think people should check it out, even if they listen to this and hadn't seen it. It's still, I think, uh, a worthy uh, endeavor. I would guess we'll see this on Netflix before the end of the year. Yeah. And yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's 79 minutes, so what did you get to lose? Yeah, for sure. I was really taken aback with the overnight. I thought it was a very intimate, very weird, uh, genuine, and just overall very different film than I was expecting it to be. And I really applauded on that. Like it was, it it didn't go longer than it needed to be. It was a short length. Uh, it was the perfect length that it needed to be. And I think that all four of the principal characters were like really gave it their all. So I'm going to definitely give it a uh, a three out of five, and I'm going to recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, I um, originally when I saw this uh, is again as I mentioned the the comedy in this film, which is you know a, a big part of the film, especially early on, uh, was not my particular brand. Um, but as I thought about this film more and more, I have to give it a slightly higher rating than I initially gave it, which I gave it two and a half out of five when we walked out of the theater, and I'm I'm going to go with three out of five uh, today because it, there's just a lot of great things that I think come from this film that other films can can sort of take the baton from and yeah. and learn from and I, I think the the big message is that you can do things that aren't necessarily stereotypes that need to be done in films and even though again as a film like Avengers Age of Ultron or something when like pull something like this out of because it's just not that kind of movie and <laughs> if, they're playing the, to a much the third Avengers if the Infinity Wars ends with the Avengers jerking each other off I've got to admit I would actually like a Marvel movie <laughs> it's just, it's just Captain America reaching for Robert Downey Jr.'s dong I mean wow. it's already and, and then, pretty then, much headed down that direction and then Black Widow's just like it's okay but yeah I think what you were just saying though about the movie I think the best thing about the movie's comedy is that it's take it or leave it it doesn't like stop the movie I think in its tracks the same way a movie that is a predominantly a comedy you're like oh well that's unfunny now I'm just bored well yeah and and I I don't think that there was ever any boredom for me in this film as Tucson just mentioned it's uh, you know a short film which is you know we talked about this earlier where films today are almost made to be so long and you you catch a film that's really short, like or the runtime of this film was similar to a film like Orange County, where it doesn't need to be this long, epic journey. It needs to be what it needs to be, and then it's over. Yep. So, um, and and I definitely think this film 
for sure will benefit from uh, multiple viewings. I'm planning to watch this again, as I hope it does come out to Netflix at some point this year, or I'll, I'll rent it. Or I was gonna say, I'll probably buy it, and yeah, I'll, br- so, I'll bring it over. <laughs> hey, I'll just get to borrow it from you, or we'll watch you it together. But I, I think this is a film, much like uh, Birdman was last year, where uh, I liked it the first time, I loved it the second time, and I thought it was a, almost a masterpiece uh, the third time I saw it. I don't know if I'll have the same exact reaction with this film, but I, I definitely could see my opinion changing for the better uh, from seeing it again at least once or twice more. There's a lot more to unpack from it than you would yes. expect from a 79-minute movie. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I think we would all recommend this. As Again, I'll give it a 3 out of 5, and uh, it's a pretty good score from us for a film that, honestly, probably not I was gonna very say, many people saw. Like, this is up my alley, but as far as you two go, like, I'm surprised. You know, like, the, I think that does say as far as that it's definitely worth a shot, even if you think you might not like it. There's something there for it, everybody. It's something different, too, but it's not like trying to like go out of its way to be something different. No, it's completely uh, earned and committed to everything that it it, it does that uh, most films don't. So yeah, if you have not seen the overnight and you've been enjoyed and are interested in what we've been talking about, I definitely recommend you check it out at least once and uh, give it a try. So thank you very much for listening to uh, this episode of Film Tank. On our next episode, we're going to discuss uh, an Edgar Wright film, which uh, I think a lot of people really enjoy, which is Scott Man. Pitt- no. Oh, we already oh. talked about Ant Man. I don't think. I know. And also, that's not an Edgar Wright film, so. I know, but it was a joke. I uh, know. It was a little joke. Because uh, Ant Man's an ant. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to discuss Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the, uh, the Michael Sarah film, uh, which was a, a very interesting uh, sort of portrayal of, of a comic book film. And uh, we'll talk about that more on the next episode. So if you want to check it out, you can find that episode and all our episodes at filmtankshow.com. Also, you can find our episodes on iTunes, which we'd love it if you uh, found us there and rate and reviewed our episodes. Also, if you'd like to send a review from uh, The Overnight or Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim versus the world, or any film really yeah. we've done, or uh, Kingsman: The Secret Service. The, hey, yeah, the very we'll, we'll first about that. episode we ever did. <laughs> and if you want to listen to that episode, you can go ahead and do that because that's <sighs> not a great episode. No, I mean it, you know it wasn't. It was first. It's and the first Toussaint episode. wasn't on there, so that's why it wasn't very good. Oh, well, Toussaint also wasn't on there. There will be blood episode. And that was actually pretty good. I that's thought, true. So. We should probably do another episode without Toussaint just to see if Time that breaker. was a fluke or not. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, the Kingsman episode, I, I mean, I think it's safe to say that we have at least improved a little bit as a show since yeah, then. And but, hope we will improve a little bit more. Well, we'll hope. I mean, there, there's high <laughs> hopes. We'll see. I don't think we've hit our ceiling quite yet, but we'll, we'll see. Anyways, um, and send anything our way to filmtankshow at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you like the show, hate the show, wish we would talk more about other kinds of movies please just uh you know and and suggestions too i think that's another thing we haven't really asked for but if if, yeah. if you want to suggest we did our top six disney movies basically as a i would say a modified uh form of a suggestion we got so i mean you can dictate the content yeah and if you wanted to suggest a movie that we haven't uh talked about yet that you'd like us to we would be more than welcome to I mean, as long as request. you like don't have to like go to somebody's house to like you know, dig it out of a vault because it's so obscure. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. For sure. Uh, again, all those requests and any comments or uh, reviews can always go to filmtankshow at gmail.com. And you can also always find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. So from Nick Cheney, Tucson Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Film Tank. We will catch you next time.